everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Fuck, where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage people don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swikowski. Woo! Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. Howdy. How's it going? Thank you. What a great, what a great introduction. He's so smart. <laughs> He's so good looking. I have a face for podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Coming at you with a face for yeah. podcasts. Yeah. How we doing, Pastor Joel? I'm Having good fun? now. Thank you. I feel very <laughs> affirmed. Did you hear all that crowd? That crowd cheering? All the crowd insane. cheering. We have live in front of a live studio audience today. Not really, but <laughs> you suck, Pastor Jonathan. Yeah. Hey, who was that? <laughs> <laughs> well, today, speaking of sucking. Oh, nice. Good intro. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, that was a, a little bit of a reach here. We're we're talking about destructive thinking yes now this seems like a very interesting turn Mm -hmm. of of topic so i'm curious to talk about it and to see why we're doing this what pastor joel would you give us some background and help us understand why we are talking about this topic i'd love to so we're gonna go even a step back from destructive thinking for a second and just say this well one If you've listened to our podcast before, you know that we talk a lot about, you know, the way, the way we're wired, Yep. the way humanity, you know, our brains work and all this stuff. So I'll say this, everything a person does word or deed happens through a thought process. Another way I could say that is there's nothing you do that happens outside of a thought process, right? So everything we do happens through a thought process. God created our brains to work in four different ways, according to four different thought processes. And the the Bible reflects this from beginning to end. Okay, so, so when we say when we say thought process, we're talking about the way in which someone thinks. Yes. Awesome. And everything you do and say happens through one of four different thought processes. Nice. So if you look at John 1, 12 and 13, it gives a great overview of what these four thought processes are i'll go ahead and read them verse 12 says but as many as received him to them he gave power to become the sons of god even to them that believe on his name verse 13 which were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of god so here we're, we're learning through the gospel of John, these people who received Christ did so not of blood, not of the will of flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. Mm. What we have here is four 
different thought processes, very distinct, right in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So we're going to begin walking through each of these thought processes. Today's episode is going to be specific to destructive. Nice. So for simplicity's sake, instead of referring to these thought processes as blood, flesh, man, and God, we're going to change the way we use them to be more descriptive of what the thought process is and does. So blood would be the destructive thought process. Animal thought process would be the flesh. Human thought process would be man. And the godly thought process would be of God. But today again, destructive thought process. Excellent. Okay, so in this podcast, we talk about how people have been hurt by these specific topics. And we're talking about a way in which someone thinks. Yes. Destructive thought process. So how have people been hurt by the church regarding the destructive thought process? Every time someone goes into a destructive thought process, they hurt someone. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to to what the flock, everyone. (laughs) Right. So here's, here's really though, um, the, the conflict, right. Is everyone does have the ability to go destructive. The issue in the church is that people are either ignoring the fact that they're causing damage or they're attributing their destructive behaviors to being completely depraved, blaming sin, and by implication, blaming God for their destructive behavior. So that's the conflict, is either ignoring the fact that we damage each other or blaming God because, you know what, we're sinners, we're depraved, we can't help it. Okay. Can you explain how that's bl- just a little bit why that's blaming God that we if um we're blaming if we're if we're completely depraved how is that blaming God? God set it up this way. You know, it's and we actually talked about this in the depression episode in season 2 as well. People blame the curse of sin Mm-hmm. as the cause of their depression are really by implication blaming God because there's nothing we can do about it. God set it up this way. Okay. So that's really, and, and in this, in the thought process episodes, we could just say, well, this is the way God created my brain. I can't do anything about it. I'm depraved. Okay. I have implication. Any... Yep. The creator made a mistake. Aha. Very good. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I, I, I like this information. The explanation. Yeah. <laughs> I like the, I like the explanation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that's really good. It's like Adam saying, well, it's that woman that you gave me. Yeah. She told me to eat and I ate the apple. It's so he's really fault. blaming God. Yeah. Right. So it's, so it's like, so it's the brain that God gave me. Yeah. 
God didn't give me a brain that was good enough to overcome the sin right. of the world. So you know what's funny? This reminds me, there's this, <laughs> have you ever heard anybody say, you know, when I get to heaven, I'm going to have a talk with Adam. Really have a, <laughs> we're getting his face. Yep, I have. You know what I, you, my response to that nowadays is? What's that? And what are you going to say to Adam that you haven't done yourself? Right. How is he worse than you? It's like, no, like (laughs) we're all Adam. We're all Eve. That's right. Yeah. We all have the same problems. We all have the ability to go destructive. Mm. Awesome. Okay. So what does that conflict look like in the church pastor joel well we see um, on the strict side Mm -hmm. we see this come out a lot when pastors are focused on their people being sinners an emphasis on being not focused on the sin problem and the behavior of sin but identifying ourselves with our sin which is different than what Paul even taught in the Bible, right? Paul talked about these destructive behaviors being the sin in him, but not him himself, right? Yeah, yep, exactly. But that we see this a lot. The leaders and pastors are just blatantly telling their people, you are all evil. None of us is good. Which when we see those verses in the Bible that are off, you know, sometimes there, there are these verses in the Bible that seem to reflect this belief. There is a bunch of doctrine we need to understand in order for these verses to be interpreted accurately. But here's, here's an interesting one. You're all evil, right? Which one of the things we want to <laughs> really emphasize here, we use the term destructive thinking in order to help people receive this information better. It's really evil. The term evil is what the Bible uses. Mm-hmm. It is the evil thought process. So you may even hear us refer to it that t- at that as that at times. And we just want you to know, really, the term evil and destructive could be interchangeable. Mm. But yes, there is a sin problem in the world. Yeah. You can watch the sin episode from season two. It's a great yeah. one. Yeah. But the church doesn't understand the resolution behind sin as a behavior and a person being a sinner. The reality is in what what we do in the restoration process in one of the very early lessons is we help people see, I am not my behavior. I am not my sin. Mm -hmm. And what and what, that's an important distinction because what ends up happening on the strict side when we equate ourselves with our sin this side tends to condemn people instead of convict remember condemn is to equate the sin with the person you're a bad person versus convict would be focusing on the behavior that was a bad behavior or a bad action so the strict side is going to be this focus on people being sinners, people being evil. Wow. If I'm a sinner, 
if, if, if I am, if that's who I am, that's all I can be. Right. Yeah. No wonder it's condemning. So on this strict perspective, how do people support their belief with the Bible? Here's a verse I would use. Romans 3.10, none is righteous, no, not one. Mm-hmm. But notice this verse is only able to be understood if thought process is understood. If salvation is understood, if reward is understood, there's a difference between salvation and reward. What righteousness are we talking about? My righteousness or God's righteousness? Uh Uh-huh. What part of my brain is being referred to here? So what's funny is, or interesting, I should say, is oftentimes when people are defending one of these strict side beliefs with the Bible, they tend to pull one verse out that supports theirs, their beliefs, and it completely misses the interpretation and it completely misses the context of the verse. So that would be how I'd how I would support it. Awesome. So you're you would you would be helping them um, unlump those those concepts of reward salvation in order to have like unpack this topic. So yeah. How would you handle an interaction with someone who, who held that strict perspective? Well, that that's what I, I mean, you kind of, you kind of tipped the tipped my, the cards. What's the phrase I'm looking for? Kind I, of showed showed, your, I showed your hand. You showed my hand. Thank you. <laughs> I, 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 mean, t- I do that. Because we would, well, what I would want to do is I would want to help this person get some resolution to these, this lumping of concepts they've done. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways we can help people get resolution behind these concepts or lump is ask them the definitions questions. Love that one. So what's your definition or what do you mean by sin? Or what do you think the words in this verse mean? What's your explanation for salvation? How about this? Is faith evil? Or is faith destructive? Because we know God gave everyone a measure of faith. So there is some, so and assuming you don't think faith is evil, then you would agree there is something in us that's not evil, right? Nice. Plus, what about your soul? The distinction between your soul and your thought process too, right? I'm not my brain. I'm not my thought process. My soul directs how my thought process is used. Oh, it's so good. Because here's the thing, what Jesus died for us, He saw something good in us in order to do that. There was something redeemable. Mm. Yes, we needed to be redeemed. Right. But it was worth it because there was good in us. But in order to understand what the good parts in us are and what the evil parts in us are, we need to understand thought process. So there was was good things. Jesus died for something that was good. God yeah. gives us a measure of faith. That's good. We have a soul that's good. So we can't be, we can't have nothing good in us. If we have 
if we have one of those things, if I have a soul that God gave right. me, faith that God gave me, or Jesus died for me, it's got to be something of value. Yep. So even when it when there's a verse that says there's no good, it must be speaking to a specific part of us, a specific thought process. Nice. Not our the entirety of our being. Mm. Cool. Okay, so with this strict perspective, just to give a summary, it's a focus on the destructive behaviors more than the cause of them. Right. So we're saying you do that bad thing and it's a focus on because you're doing that bad thing, you are bad. Yeah, but it but that is a focus on the behavior, not on the cause or the reason for these bad behavior. Right. Cool. <laughs> Great. Well, then. Before we jump into the loose perspective, let's take a call. And wouldn't you guess that there's a call from Pastor Richard Tater? Nice. Yeah. Okay, Pastor Tater, I have you on the line. Go ahead whenever you're ready. Hello, Pastor Joel and Pastor Jonathan. It is great to be on your radio show. Gentlemen, y'all covered a lot of this uh, with God and salvation. However, your discussion reminded me of something I saw all the time. These pastors would say none of us were righteous, and then they would want to be introduced with all their achievements and what a, quote, good guy they were. Oh, <laughs> uh, wait a minute. What do you mean? Like, so, for instance, like, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, join me in welcoming a man of integrity and compassion who has written songs that have changed people's lives, Jonathan Freeze. Exactly. Yeah, you did it. Yeah, you're a smart guy. Okay, shouldn't, shouldn't they have said like something like this? Like, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, join me in welcoming a completely depraved pastor, Joel Sokowski. Okay, Joel. <laughs> yeah, I'm just impressed he pronounced my name right. Thank you for being such a great sport. I'll hang up and listen. Uh, this was my favorite podcast. To hate. God bless. Oh, Pastor Tater, thank you so much for that call. That was such a blast. He sounds amazing. What a fun oh. guy. Good to hear him laugh so hard, huh? I know. I know. It's it it's super healing to be able to laugh mm, about yes. all of this stuff and <laughs> lots yeah. of we we got, we all have lots of church damage that is oh, yeah. that that feels good to laugh at sometimes. Sure does. But man, what a massive contradiction he just exposed. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, that's great. 
I mean, the contradiction isn't great, but that he just, I hadn't seen that before. Right. We're depraved, but (laughs) we can't help but affirm one another for all these great things we do, right? Yeah. So it is like when we talked in the depression episode about removing these contradictions, it's like, pick a side. You're either depraved or you're not. Right. Yeah. You should introduce people in terms of what God has done and not what they have done. Right. But they don't. This person has done this and this and this. And we shouldn't get upset for never being affirmed. We should never chase affirmation. Oh, great point. You know, it's like, I wonder why this isn't talked about more. This massive contradiction, he said. Mm -hmm. Why has no one else ever noticed this? with the leaders who evangelized the belief that we're completely depraved. Maybe it's because we love hearing that because it gets us off the hook for all the bad we do. Right. Oh, right. And if you're completely depraved, you probably shouldn't be evangelizing to me. Yeah. <laughs> would be the point? <laughs> That's where remember pastor Taylor's line. Don't you want to see God play? Ah, That's one of the, that's one of the, the reasonings people give behind evangelizing to the completely depraved evangelizing to people who God's already predestined anyways, already chosen them ahead of, you know, the foundation of the world. Wow. Don't you want to see God play? And what was your response to that again? That's just, I, mean, I don't know what I said to pastor Tater. I mean, but to me, it, it's not an answer. It's not, so why do we pray? Why do we evangelize? If God's already chosen everybody ahead of time and his will's already set and everything we've ever done has already been predestined. Yeah. Don't you want to see God play? That's not an answer. Yeah. That's just throwing a flare out. We call that a flare, right? Right. Let me shoot this firework off. Get you focused up in the sky to go, ooh, ah. And now you're distracted away from that really good question you asked me that I don't have an answer to. (laughs) (laughs) okay so there you go it's a flare get back on topic yeah okay enough (laughs) yes oh no that was great i i I was i'm sitting here thinking wait how 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 would you respond to something like that so that's helpful what i'd say yes i want to see god play but why would he have me if he's already played (laughs) the game's over what you're saying is the game's over what do you mean yeah and if i'm If I'm the one stepping in, I'm initiating God playing. Is that what that means? Yeah. So then, anyway. Yep. We'll get into a big contradiction loop here. (laughs) It is. That's exactly what's going on. There's a ton of contradictions with that belief. Yep. Now let's talk about the other side of the argument. We covered the strict perspective. Now let's go to the loose perspective of this argument. What is it, Pastor Joel? The loose side is that it's impossible for me to be destructive. It's impossible for me to be evil. It doesn't really matter what I do. And, and what these people tend to focus on then is I have good intentions. Hmm. So I can't hurt anybody. These are people who's like, this behavior you did was hurting people. And the response is this. I was trying to help. Mm-hmm. That's what these people want. Let's get away. So at least these people have a distinction between behavior and intentions. Yet 
these people want to completely ignore the behavior and only focus on the intentions. At least as it, at least as it's related to their behavior and to their intentions. Aha. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, when it's other people's intentions and other people's behavior, we judge other people's behavior before we judge their intentions. But I want the benefit of the doubt when I do something wrong. Mm-hmm. How have people been hurt by this perspective? Well, when, when we ignore behavior, then the destruction, the evil, the damage that is happening is being ignored. People are being hurt and the life, the repair that Jesus offers is not being given to his people. Mm. Yeah. And again, the people are, these people are focusing on you, on their intentions, not their behavior. Right. So someone comes to you and says, well, I was intending to do good things, but I did bad things they have this loose perspective. How would you handle an interaction with them? Well, I could say, are you going to always give me the benefit of the doubt? If I do something wrong to you, you're going to ignore it, right? And just automatically assume that I meant you good. Hmm. And you, wait, so you've never had bad intentions then, right? You've never meant to hurt someone? Right. Oh, man. Those are the, the questions where, you know, what, what we call these are indirect, where it is flipping the context, flipping the scenario onto them. And, and ideally to show this person that they are holding someone to a higher standard than they're holding themselves to, which is a contradiction. It is. It is. So we're really by exposing these contradictions when we do it the right way for the right reason, we are helping these people deal with a belief that will result in them being depressed. Wow. So that's the loose side. Yep. That's, we've covered the strict side. How does the, how do both of these sides, how do you see this impacting the church, Pastor Joel, what are your thoughts about this issue and how it manifests itself in the church? Well, I see, I'm, I'm about, part of me is like, well, at least the church knows like the, the totally depraved people. It's like, we're not totally depraved, but you would think they would be okay being confronted then. Hmm. Like if you're totally depraved, then you'd be okay if I point out the things you've done wrong. Yeah, but I know that I'm depraved. Okay? <laughs> oh, but, so but you it, don't need to point that out to me, okay? Where oh, so the, <laughs> yeah, okay. So I confront a person who's totally depraved, and they just say, "Duh." Yeah, I okay. know that. All right. So it's a bummer because it sounds right and what it is, but it's it's meant again just to get us off the hook. But I te- I I see this topic handled in three different ways. In the church, there's people I feel sorry for. These are people who rationalize their destructive behavior as if it's something out of their power to change. Why? Because these people are focused on their intentions, right? They rationalize their behavior by focusing on their intentions. 
and they remove any responsibility they have over their behavior as if they don't have power to change that anyways. Mm-hmm. So these people are exercising their free will and often blaming God for the evil in the world. Feel bad for those people. Oh, yeah. Because they're so off on what is true. It's going to hurt to get to the right spot. These people have to go through some some pretty big breaking in order to get on the right path. And that's that's painful. Plus, these people tend to be living miserable lives as well. There's the people, I understand why they do what they do. These are people who know that they're destructive. And they have experienced destructive behavior in the church. But these people aren't enabling that destructive behavior anymore. Mm. Where the, the people we feel sorry for might even be enabling this behavior, right? People at, the, at this level, though, the second category, the people we understand why they do what they do, are no longer enabling the destruction to the point where they may even leave the church because of the bad or evil or destructive experiences they have. And we would understand why these people would leave the church for that reason. Wow, yeah. And then there's the people I'm impressed with. These are people who know that they can be destructive. And they are growing and repairing those areas within themselves before the destruction manifests itself. And these people would also confess and repent when they do destructive behaviors. So not only are they confessing and repenting when they are destructive, but they're actively finding the areas within themselves, within their thought process, that could result in destructive behaviors. And they're trying to fix those proactively. Mm. Awesome. I'm ready for the ultimate answer, Pastor Joel. I know it's not the strict side now. I know it's not the loose side now. They're both wrong. There's something that is the right answer. So what's the, the strict side is everybody we're, we're totally depraved. The loose side totally is we're totally fine. Yeah. The we're ultimate to- answer totally is good. No responsibility. But, right. Right. So the ultimate answer is everyone can go destructive. I like the word go. You can go destructive, we can versus, go destructive. Be, versus be destructive. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I like that. That's, that's a nice, that's a nice touch there. We all have that, you know, channel in our brain that we can go down. Yep. Yet we can repair those areas proactively. And as Christians, we ought to repair those areas. And of course, be experts at confession and repentance when something happens destructive out of us. Fundamental Christianity, right? Take direction from God and confess and repent when we don't. That would include times when we're being destructive. So notice everyone is missing out on making things better by ignoring the destructive behavior. Because due to the fact that God is right and just and has given us his spirit and has taught us the right way to confess and repent for when we are destructive. 
even when we do destructive behavior, confession and repentance can make that situation to the point where it's better than it was before the destruction happened. Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean, why we're missing out on the benefit here. We can make things better, even when destruction happens. When we ignore it, we are missing out on that benefit. And remember, everything human beings do happens through a thought process. One of those thought processes is the destructive thought process. So there is a channel we can turn on in our brain where this stuff happens. There is pathways in our brain that when we go down that way, destruction is going to happen. We humans can be evil. And what's the definition for evil? Destructive over the long term. Mm, nice. So the ultimate answer, everyone can go destructive. Yep. Yet God has given us all the tools we need to repair all of those parts within us and all of the destruction that happens outside of us as well. Nice. Through confession and repentance, right? Yes, sir. Man. Exciting stuff. We can have something more when we, if we even if we go destructive. Yep. Good news. Awesome. Well, thank you, Pastor Joel. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you have been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.